You know the Capital One slogan, what's in your wallet? The question I'm asking you today is, who's on your leadership bench? And if you're not sure, or if you're not sure that they're ready, then you're in the right place. Stay tuned. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this episode of CEO on the Go. I hope you're doing well and that you have a sense of momentum going, especially after listening to the last podcast episode that was called Reducing Leadership Stress in COVID Times. And one of the key takeaways was to find ways to feel like you have a sense of momentum reaching short-term goals, even if you feel like you're being you know, thwarted by so much of the pandemic stuff that's going on, there's still ways that you can feel like you're you're getting some traction. So I hope that you you have a sense of momentum going. I was just reminded of that recently too, over the weekend when I was doing this kind of uh, military style workout where we were running outside with these heavy weights over our head, these plates uh, running around the block. <laughs> and, you know, you, you look at that and think, oh, I can do that. You start with a lighter weight. And then by the time you add more weight, and you go around the block again, it gets really heavy. And the coach said, you know, as the weight gets heavier, set shorter distances, short milestones that you want to hit. If you think that you can go 20 feet, really, you know, shorten that to 10 feet, and then put the weight down and catch your breath and keep going. So you had to to take shorter sprints with a heavier weight. And I think that that's just a great analogy to think about, as we think about what it takes to really get through the the pandemic times, uh, to, to really give yourself some grace and know that you've got to do some just short-term sprints and catch your breath and pause and then keep going. Anyway, uh, today I wanted to talk about building leadership bench strength. And this has come up because a number of clients that I've been working with are showing more intention about wanting to do that, probably for a lot of reasons. (laughs) But um, the pandemic being one of them, you just never know when leaders are going to want to move on or move out of, of their role. There was just a story that I saw recently talking about the toll that the pandemic is, is, you know, taking on everyone, the fatigue that continues and leaders are not immune to that. So the more you can be prepared to have people ready to step into roles on a moment's notice or without notice, then, you know, the better off that you'll be. So I encourage you to, to, to really think about this issue and what you can do now to make sure that you're ready if or when that time comes. When I was thinking about the topic of building leadership bench strength, I thought, I think I've done topic on succession planning before or an episode in the past. And sure enough, when I did some digging, I came across an episode that I'd done back in November of 2020 called Smart Succession Planning. It's episode number 19. That was an episode that really made the case for succession planning. I included a lot of statistics on you know what organizations are doing and you know really built a strong case for succession planning. So I'm not going to do that much today, but if you follow this podcast and you scroll through all the different episodes that I've done, you might want to search for number 19 called Smart Succession Planning if you wanted to, to listen to that. Today, I'll focus a little less on statistics and more on some of the practical things that you can think about or do to make sure that you're building the bench strength that you need for your team or your department or your organization. 
So just as a reminder, succession planning is a process for identifying and developing internal people who have the potential to fill key positions or key leadership roles in your organization. So, you know, you often hear building bench strength in sports, but it's something that you need to do in your own organization as well. Um, It just helps ensure that employees are recruited and developed in a way that they'll be most successful. Um, There are structured processes that a number of organizations have, and there are more informal processes that some organizations have, and many don't have any process. So if you're in that boat, you're not alone. More reason to be putting this on your radar. So before we jump in, I thought I would mention, too, that I've been part of an advisory board for HR.com where we were studying three components of talent mobility. One was internal mobility. Uh, another is succession management, and a third is career development processes. They're all kind of interrelated. In the HR.com survey, we saw key differences between organizations that had successful approaches to internal mobility and career development and succession management compared to counterparts that were less successful. And so it was really interesting to see the findings from that study. And we'll include a link to that report in the show notes. We're also happy to just send you a copy of the report itself. If you're interested, just reach out by email. You can send an email to admin at workmatters.com and we can send you the report. Just put hr.com report in the subject line. So, you know, one of the major findings was that, you know, based on the respondents of that survey, three quarters agreed or strongly agreed that their organizational process for managing internal mobility was effective. But here's another interesting finding. Even given that, it it showed that only half of the respondents said that they looked to internal candidates first when they're filling open positions. And only 33% say that their culture supports job mobility. And they, they cite a couple of hindrances to internal mobility. One is that managers are not encouraging movement within the organization. And two, that there's a lack of positions for employees to move into. So I don't know if you're experiencing any of that. Those are just a couple of interesting findings that I wanted to share. There's a lot more in the report. So like I said, just let me know if you'd like to get a copy of that. So as you think about building your leadership bench strength, a good starting point is to give some thought to a key position or to really think about your future needs and what potential roles can look like, not based on what's happening now, but what's going on that you would anticipate to be happening in the future. I want to walk you through five different elements that you might want to consider. Three, I think, are core, and then two would be optional, depending on the the level of leadership that you're looking at for that particular role. But it might help you to have an idea of a specific role in mind as you're hearing me talk through this. And I can give you um, a few examples as well. So the five elements to consider, one would be the behavioral tendencies that that role would require. Um, You know, and a common model is the DISC model. For those of you that work with me, you're already familiar with that. But, you know, you can look at a person's behavior through four different dimensions. Say that you're looking for somebody who would be in customer service. Would you want them to have a strong sense of urgency where they're really pushing for results and, uh, you know, showing that kind of action taking mode? Or would you want somebody who is known as an influencing style where they would be very friendly and warm and gregarious and engaging, can connect well with people? Or would you want someone who is the steady type, very patient, relaxed, 
able to absorb a lot of shock? <laughs> uh, or would you want someone who is more compliance oriented, where they care about rules and procedures, making sure that they do things the right way? So everyone is wired differently. And if when you think about a specific role, it's important to consider what would be kind of the ideal behavioral tendency that you'd want to see in that person in that role. Um, another element to consider are the core values or what really drives that person, what motivates them. You know, people are motivated differently. One person might be motivated by power. Another person might be motivated by serving, you know, going back to that customer service role. Ideally, you'd probably want someone who's in a role where they're very people focused and they're also motivated to want to be of service, uh, to really give and make sure that customers are satisfied. Some other examples of what might motivate a person can be return on investment. And that's more typical of someone uh, in, a, in a sales role where they want to make sure that where they're spending time and energy, that there'll be some kind of uh, financial return or commission. Some people are motivated by learning. So would the position reward someone who likes to learn? Those are some questions to think about. So that's the second element are the core values. The third element to consider, really important one, are the soft skills. And so there's so many soft skills that we can talk about there are in some of the assessments that I offer. There's a list of 25 different soft skills where you can actually see where a person is strong and where they might need to be developed. So going back to the customer service example, you might have somebody that's got the great you know, behavior that you want to see where they're engaging well with people and they're really motivated to serve people, but they may be off in some of their skill level. Maybe they don't uh, take the initiative that they need to, or maybe they're not good problem solvers. They're great at relating to people, but they're not good at solving problems and getting resolution. Another common example that I see are, are people who have technical skills. Maybe they're really good analytical problem solvers, but they may lack some other leadership skills like diplomacy as an example. You know, the higher level you go, the more important it is to be able to relate well to other people and read the room and that kind of thing. So, some of the mistakes that I see organizations making are really looking through a one-dimensional lens at, you know, how they're trying to develop people, either basing it strictly on behaviors or strictly on skills when they need to be looking at more multi-dimensional approach because people are multifaceted. So, so far we've covered three different elements to, to consider. One is the behavioral tendencies that the role requires, two core values or what drives a person. And then three are the skills, the leadership soft skills. And then there are two other areas that I would say would be optional that would be more appropriate for higher levels of leadership that you can actually assess as well. One is to understand the person's view of the world. So what do I mean by that? It's their ability to make good judgment, to see how their brains process. You know, we all process differently. This is actually a fascinating um, assessment that can can tell you if, if you're clear about your role, if you understand the bigger picture. For example, if you've got a senior executive, you know, say chief operations officer, who really does need to understand the whole picture of the organization, you can actually see how they're wired and if they do that naturally, or they might need some help in doing that. So that's the fourth area to consider their view of the world. And then finally, the fifth area that you might want to consider looking at is emotional intelligence. You know, in that role in the future, how important is it that somebody have strong emotional intelligence, meaning how they understand themselves and others, their ability to, to show empathy? That's a very quick summary of emotional intelligence, but that will give you the gist of it. 
So just thinking through those different elements in advance can help you get the clarity that you need. And more importantly, it can help you begin to identify the talent within your organization that might fit some of those models that you're looking at, or could help develop people in a way that can make them stronger to step into a role with more of the skills and behavioral style and you know motivational profile that they need to be most successful. So we can talk more about that, but I just wanted to, to get you thinking about what do you really need in the future and to begin identifying the talent within your organization that you can begin grooming. Just as a quick recap, I can formulate some questions to orient you around those five elements. One would be, what are the behavioral tendencies that someone in this position needs to have? Number two, what are the core values or motivators that are most important in that role? Number three, what are the most important soft skills that are required in the role? And then the two optional questions what would be the ideal view of the world? Or how can we make sure that this person is exercising good judgment in this role? And then five, what is the uh, emotional intelligence that is required for this level? So hopefully those are, are good food for thought. We can talk more about it in the future. I'm so excited about some new offerings that I'm developing to help organizations develop their high potential leaders in a way that I think will be extremely engaging and relevant. It's not just you know teaching them the skills. It's actually allowing them to practice skills you know in real time, which I think is what it takes in today's environment so that they can already begin practicing the ready now skills that they need as opposed to just learning about them. But just wanted to plant the seed for, for you to think about those elements and to give more thought to what you really will require in the future and to take a closer look at the talent that you have probably right there, who would not only be uh, willing and ready, but eager to learn and to grow and step into ways that they can contribute more to your organization. So I'll leave you with that thought. If you have any questions, just let me know. I'll continue to keep you posted on the developments of offerings that I'm working on as I formalize them and would look forward to hearing your feedback. Until next time, I hope you have a great rest of the week, continuing to build your bench and your momentum and doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.